Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, Georgia Dayton. Hello, Zoe Hartman. That's Are you very, right? very formal. <laughs> how was I'm your weekend? Good. Um, how was my weekend? Oh my god! Right. First, I was in charge of four children yesterday. Oh my god! Why? I do- I was dog sitting this weekend, and then we ended up dropping the dog back, but picking up the two children from the family. What? Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> they're clever that's what they are um and oh my god I don't know I don't know how people do it I'm still feel traumatized we ended up taking them to a Toby Carvery which I've also never been to before in my life and what was it like uh, um do you know what it was good it was actually really good I am the buffet like, is amazing yeah I do you know what we keep going for these roasts and we spend like 200 quid right and you're like you know what that was so bang average like what why are we doing this yes. and when we had four children yesterday like six of us I was like everyone bangs on about the Toby Carvery let's just try <laughs> it let's just try it whatever yeah oh my god it's amazing it like, I mean it, it's not like very good for the price Okay. And also, I loved the fact that there we, you know, all the kids were just shouting and like whatever, and we didn't care. So I would say, if you've got a lot of kids with you, it's a great place to go to. It's like the it's like the equivalent of a Pizza Hut. Yeah. For, yeah. for a roast venue. But if you've got children, they can sort of terrorise the place. And exactly. you can get like a nice, you know, fat slice of pizza. Why not? Yeah. yeah. It w- like it definitely did the job. So okay. that was my weekend. I, I, had, I had a lot of eating out this weekend, which varied from a lovely restaurant in Notting Hill to the Toby Carvery. So I feel <laughs> like I've covered, <laughs> covered it all. But parenting. I'm so glad. Yeah, parenting. Versus, but I'm so glad that they're back yeah. to school. And oh, yes. yes. Back to good. school. <sighs> Did you have any um, 
any anxiety with the kids this morning about going back or were they fine? No, they were so ready to go back. Although yeah. we found out about Gigi's school this morning, obviously. I, I kind of, I was actually just relieved that I'd filled out the form properly, if I'm honest. Do you know, like second time around, you don't really have that pressure because you kind of know they're going to get in to the school. Of course, school, the school, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we got, got the message this morning. I was like, oh, Gigi, like, you know, you're going to actual school. And she genuinely thought it was like now. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then you're suddenly think, why oh, am why I telling you? You've got months to get your head around this. No. And she's like, I don't want to wear this uniform. This is her preschool uniform. I'm going to wear axles. I was like, no, like, no. Oh, God, what have yeah. you done? So anyway, how are yours going back? Um, a bit worried, actually. But what, no. both of them just, well, they, they just didn't want to leave me. We're, we're really, really tight. We've had a lot of time together. I think probably because I've been injured. Yeah. So obviously I've been getting up and doing You haven't been able to but... run away from them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to lock myself in any rooms. Um, but then they've just been, they've been with me in the afternoons and kind of been like tucked in. And I know we haven't been, they, we haven't really been doing that much out and about stuff, but we've been sitting in the garden. They've been running around or, you know, they might just be like watching a film with me whilst I've been icing. But sometimes the simplicity in that has, has been quite beautiful that yeah. we haven't been chucking like hundreds of pounds at days out. It's actually just been making an obstacle course in the garden. And yeah. actually me being injured, Kit has really sort of stepped up in his empathy, which is, which is, I wanted to talk to you about this actually. Like he's sort of like even helping me put my slippers on or, you know, trying to get me into my tracksuit bottoms and stuff. He's like, don't worry, mummy, I'll do that. And then he always wants me to carry him up the stairs. And he's like, you can't carry me now. I'm okay. So I think maybe they've come on a bit. I was going to say this. I actually think sometimes when a parent isn't very well or, you know, whatever it is that's going on, obviously this this is a routine operation type of thing. Yeah. It's not yeah. great, but... You know, fine, I'll be fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I do think kids, it kind of makes them feel, I guess, a bit uncertain, like a bit, a yeah. bit weird. Do you know yes. what I mean? And even though you know that it's absolutely fine, to them, it's probably really like unnerving that, you know, mum who's normally up and running around and doing everything is actually just sitting down. And so I think it's a quite good like life sort of lesson and like you say like it, it's kind of yeah it's like a test not a test but yeah like he's, he's being more empathetic and yeah it's having to sort of grow up a yeah. little bit and maybe just move on a bit further down you know yeah. I haven't been able to baby him so much he's almost have to at certain points look after me I mean even Isla watching Isla in action and she's been going downstairs with them every single morning getting their breakfast out laying the table she even made Spanish omelette she's like she, wow. she's nine and I was like wow other, you can't I mean, do she that, <laughs> she wasn't in the kitchen following a recipe she just fried it up but I mean that's pretty impressive I sometimes burn that so I yeah it's been yeah it's been lovely so actually I was really sad when they went this morning because um I'm missing them oh my I'm missing gosh them. I know yeah. I am missing them I'm who, Do you know what? it's nice that we've got both sides of the coin here isn't it today <laughs> <laughs> it is don't worry by tomorrow I'll be like bye normal service for regime <laughs> we had a nice weekend it was quite a boozy one me and Dozer went out on a date night nice we went to the local bar in Weybridge and went and sat at a bar and I had my leg up and um, we had cocktails and we were like seat dancing and then we got home at 11 o'clock and went to bed like it was like 
a grown-up one. Lovely. I know. So nice. Home at 11. I mean, that is pretty sensible, I would say. Fine. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, we're going away this week, so I'm going to act like an absolute lunatic when we get together, George. Are oh, you ready God. to put your drinking hat on? Oh, God. I was actually giving up drinking again on Sunday after a boozy one on Saturday, but you no know, by way. Wednesday, I'll have turned a corner again. <laughs> right. Let, let's get into today's podcast. Um, it was such a brilliant conversation. Um, have you ever come across our guest before? Have you ever had any interaction with her? I, I th- I've been at a events when she's been there but she's definitely obviously I work in PR so I've always known about her like as the Mm. editor of Heat magazine of course and I've always known like what a big personality she has and stuff but I really loved chatting to her about like her other life I guess as a parent and the sort of I guess a little bit softer side of her um I did it was really funny I really loved it really funny I I yeah me too one of my favorite chats actually I think because I've been aware of her for such a long time and come across her at various like you said various events and hung out with her lots but um it was really it was a joy to chat to her about how much she loved being a mum and I think lots of you listening will relate to it um we covered everything so let's just get into it Georgia who are we chatting to today in case you haven't guessed we are chatting to the incredible Lucy Cave. Let's welcome Lucy Cave to the podcast. Hello. Woo. How are you on this fine Monday morning, Lucy? When the sun is shining, it just makes life so much better, doesn't it? Just that school run is much easier when you haven't got to worry about umbrellas <laughs> that you're not allowed to leave at school and, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm good, actually. Yeah, very good. There's two things that I want to start this podcast with. The first one is hashtag pissed in Paris because you've just <laughs> got back from a really, what looked like, a bit of a sexy, bougie weekend with your lover wow you say that with my husband but then he got the shits halfway through (laughs) so um the first day was brilliant because we uh you know we went to and we haven't done it for so long this was his his early birthday present and we are so rubbish our kids are four and seven and I think just because we love I genuinely love spending time with them I love hanging out with them they're just really fun little people but it means that then we don't really do anything on our own at all and so and even when we went to you know we booked Paris and we were like on the Eurostar going oh I missed them already and I was like look we've got to just stop this and just remember what life was like before we had kids yeah Yeah. because otherwise you spend the entire time talking about them and showing photographs to every French person that will listen <laughs> I know exactly. we nearly did that but yeah we so we went to loads of I found loads of little kind of little hidden bars and we yeah we got very drunk on the first day and then the second day he was like oh I've got yeah, shit. I still oh, no. tried to dra- I still dragged him around to some speakeasies for myself so that I <laughs> he I, could watch I, yeah <laughs> He was like, "This is—is is this meant to be my birthday present or yours?" Anyway. <laughs> no. Do you feel guilty when you leave your kids? Because I actually genuinely don't, and I almost feel guilty saying I don't feel guilty. Does that make sense? That makes yeah, sense. I yeah, I really do, and I feel like really wet because of it. But I feel—I really do, and it's like I know it's—it's it's good for them. They with their my sister-in-law. They had a brilliant time. She kept them up till like eleven o'clock at night every movie nights, and so they were having a great time. But I do feel guilty. But I feel bad that I do feel guilty in the other way because I'm like, just pull pull yourself together. You need, you know, you need time on your own. Yeah, you apps 100% you do. And it's really important for not only for you, but also for your relationship because otherwise it's just lists and, you know, flushing the loo and, you know, screaming that you can't find anything in the house. Like it's just, it's just endless, isn't it? It is. And my husband went, before we had kids, I mean, he's like a big kid himself. And he basically said to me before we had kids, um, just remember I'm the OB and I was like what are you talking about and he went the original baby so when 
so when so from the moment we've had kids I've always like if he's hung over or if he's feeling like he needs a bit of attention I basically have three children so so not only I can't always give him the list because he'll then go remember I'm the OB I'm you know I'm, the, I'm OB. the original OB so, you signed uh, a contract that yeah. said I was the OB <laughs> told you what it was and you see yeah, exactly he still said yes yeah he throw, he said you signed up to this so you can't go back now now before we get into the chat today it right are there two Lucy Caves? Because <laughs> Lucy Cave is known for Hollyoaks, Twilight, what? and Justin Bieber, Teen <laughs> Idol 2013. Oh, my so, God. First of all, is this you? No, but I'd quite well, like it to be. <laughs> Which one would you like to be today? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be the, the Hollyoaks version. There uh, are two no. Lucy Caves. Oh, so okay. I was trying to do my research and I was oh, like, there's another God. Lucy Cave. Wow. I need to go and find her. Is she spelled with an IE, though? Or is she Lucy with a Y? No, she's Lucy IE. Is she? I've yeah, she's basically her. you. Here, oh look, I'll show you now. Let me, what does she look like? I'll show you right this second. I have never, I mean, obviously I spent hours Googling myself. I've never found that. No, I'd, I've never seen this before. But the reason oh, I'm talking, about, I'm talking yeah. about your career is because you've had such a brilliant, you know, you were the, the master in the helmet heat for such a long time. But congratulations, because you got yourself a new fancy role. Talk to us about that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm still in the same company that uh, runs heat, but I now um, look after podcasts and commercial content. So I work across heat. Heat, Bauer, and Bauer is the main company. Heat, Grazia, you know, Kiss, Magic, all of our sort of different brands. Wow. Um, but yeah, now I'm uh, I'm in charge of all things podcasts. So yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Do you get any sort of, um, what's it called when you think you shouldn't be doing the Imposter role? Imposter syndrome. <laughs> I get it all the time. I mean, I, get, I got it when I was at Heat. I remember when I first joined Heat, I joined as a deputy news editor, except... In those days, it was news and stuff. So I was mainly stuff. I mean, it wasn't really hardcore news when I first joined Heat. It was like, we'd do four pages on a Victoria Beckham lookalike. Or, you know, that was my that was my speciality. And then as time went on, I got sort of given bigger and bigger roles in Heat and eventually became editor. And I'd never thought I want to be editor of Heat at all. Yeah. I just kind of head down, always worked really hard. And I guess that's how it happened. But there was so many moments when I'd be like, oh my God, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> I guess it's about surrounding yourself with clever people so <laughs> they know what they're doing. They make you look good. Georgia, did, yeah. you read, did you read Heat growing up? I did read Heat growing up. Torso, yeah. torso of the week. Was that, yeah. How'd you choose that? How'd you choose well, Torso of the Week? Torso of the Week. Now there's a story behind that. So that's still going. And actually my husband was once Torso of the Week. That's how I met him. <laughs> So he was in um, a reality show called Shipwreck, Shipwrecked. which you may remember. And he was, and it was the year, it was 2007. And that was when it was, it was as big as Love Island is now. So yeah. everyone was talking about it. I remember our, I was features editor and I remember our editor at the time was like, we, we had five pages with nothing on. And he said, oh, we've got five pages to fill in the magazine. What are we going to do? And that's, that's literally how we did it. It was like printing money at the time. And he said, um, and we were all like, oh, let's do shipwreck. We're all watching shipwreck. So he made, so five of us in the office, five girls wrote about our top shipwrecked hunks. So we had our five shipwrecked hunks. I wrote about a different one. I didn't write about Ben. I wrote about some guy called Stuart that I quite fancied. And so we all had to write why we fancied them. My friend Brona wrote about wrote about Ben. He was number two. Then we gave them all then we had May as ship as shipwreck month and they all got a torso of the week. So Ben has his torso of the week. 
And then I got to interview all of the five. Um, and that's when I met Ben. But he was dating someone on the show. And he's also nine yes. years younger than me. So I was like, of course, I'm, nothing's going to go on there. And then we just sort of, he really made me laugh. And that's how we sort of connected. And then I just kept bumping into him at all sorts of things. And he was asking me out, but I thought he was, I just thought he was messing about. And then one day we went out and then that was that. And I got oh so drunk, I, we, I weed through my jeans. And he said it was the best date he'd ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so obviously you've had this huge career and a really interesting love story actually. Great one. I love it. Um did when did it sort of come up that you might want to become parents? Obviously, because I was older than him, that was a real issue for me. And I remember thinking, and quite early on in our relationship, I was thinking I we need to have the kid chat because mm. I was, you know, I was getting my biology. I met him when I was 32, 33, and he was like 24 25 but obviously probably not think about kids um but I at one drunken night when I wasn't wearing through my jeans um I think we t- we talked about it and I just you know said do you ever want kids and he comes from a really big family and he said he did but but he said if I couldn't have them he wasn't worried about it because I think that was my thought process was what if I can't you know I did want them um but that made me feel really, you know, that made me feel so much, so so less vulnerable and so much better in our relationship because I didn't feel like that was a pressure. And it meant that because I was, you know, it meant that we didn't have to start trying straight away, which obviously I didn't want to, but it meant that I could let, you know, nature take its course. And if I couldn't, that wasn't going to be the end of our relationship. So, yeah. That's love. That's lovely. And how, and how so he so he said, look, if, if you can't have them, fine. But did he say, should we, should we try? Was it at that point that you decided? Well, we were in a festival at the time, I think, and I don't think we... we there's a like, tent over there. Big, yeah, there's a tent over there. Let's, Let's go try. <laughs> he just said, look, I'll go with whatever, you know, you're, it's your, you're on a slightly different timeline to me. And he said, I'll just take your lead on it. So I think we didn't, and we didn't want to try straight away because I think we we were together for about five years before we we tried and, and it was actually just after we'd got married. So it was, it, you know, we were really lucky Um because I'd actually miscarried a couple of times before we got married. And I ended up going to, I, I randomly, <laughs> don't you talk to such, you talk such strange things when you have facials, don't you? But I was having a facial in Aveda and I'd had two miscarriages. And weirdly, the woman who was doing my facial was started talking about babies and I ended up telling her. And then she told me that she'd found this guy because she'd gone through a similar experience, um, a doctor who specialised in miscarriages. And so I, 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 it was private, but, um, and he'd helped some women, some woman had had like 17 miscarriages and, and he'd actually helped her have a baby. I mean, how you'd even go through all that, I don't know, but I went to him and, you know, the NHS don't, I think they, there's not enough tests to sort of validate whether this is a thing, but he, um, test, I did loads of blood tests and he said that I had this thing called natural killer cells. Killer cells. Yeah. Yes. This is to do with your immunity, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like your immunity is so strong that your body attacks the, the fetus. So so it never got to the point where I had two missed miscarriages, which are almost worse because you don't really know that it's happening and you go for your scan and then it's like the heart, it just doesn't get to the point where you get a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And um but I you know at that point I was just thinking okay well this might help this might be a solution and I I, you know and I had to take steroids which kind of do something around your immune system and then yeah and it worked 
And so I did that twice. Well, you know, you, you said you spoke to someone when you were having your facial about it, but did yeah. you talk to like <laughs> friends or, you know, colleagues about it? Because I think sometimes, especially when you're in a big job and you've got that going on as well, it can be really hard. No, I didn't talk to anyone about it. And in fact, I think when I had my first miscarriage and, and went and then had to have, um, you have to have an operation to sort of clear, what is it, DNC, yeah, I think DNC. it's called. Um, and I had to take the time off and I was editing heat at the time and I didn't want to tell anyone because obviously it, it you know, you, you kind of don't want your boss to know that you're trying either because you just don't want that to impact things, which is wrong because I'm sure it wouldn't. Yeah. But I, you know, I sort of just said, Oh, you know, I've got just some lady problems. I'll be back in a couple of days, you know, and I was literally in and out and then back at work and just sort of having to get on with it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm quite. I'm I'm lucky because I'm quite resilient, but I think it's more that I'm just quite good at going, okay, being a bit practical about things. And I think in my weird justification of stuff, when that happened, I would, I, yeah, I'm quite positive. So I was thinking, oh, well, look, we'll try again. That's fine. And I think my, um, you know, to make me feel better, I was like, well, at least I can have a glass of red wine now, so then I'll be fine. <laughs> every cloud, every cloud, yeah, kind of yeah. talk yourself through it. I mean, it's it's yeah. interesting how the subject has moved on. Probably even in the last, what, how many years ago was that? Six, seven, yeah, eight years yeah, ago, something yeah, yeah. like that. I mean, you yeah. think about our parents' generation, how they just never had the discussion. I mean, we're even told now, you know, you can't say anything to anybody before 12 weeks. And George and I, we have this conversation all the time. You know, it's like you need those people in your life that can support you through it. Why does it still have to be hush hush? I mean, people even saying, oh, yeah, you know, don't say anything, but I'm, I'm pregnant. And some people, in case something don't tell happens. happens. Yeah. And it's like, well, you should feel feel able to discuss that and have the support completely it's there's a part of you that feels like you're jinxing it if you tell people I think but also when you realize that that first 12 weeks that's where the most most you know the most yeah. incredible things happen that's where the baby is properly formed and then they just you know every little detail and it's quite crazy when you think that you know your whole body is going through all of that and you're having to you know whether it's morning sickness and you're just having to run off to the toilet and you you should be able to talk about it but I guess for women in particular, it's more that they don't want people to think of them differently or if they're in a bit, you know, if you've got a big career in whatever career you're in, you don't want people to think, oh, okay, well then that's what yeah. they, you know. They're, they're going off soon. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was pregnant with Luna and I was doing late, the late show at heart. So I was on air at 10 and finishing at 1am. And you remember how knackered you are in those first, you know, the yeah. first trimester, you're just exhausted. And I told my producer, Mark, who is this lovely guy, because Mdozo was saying, you've got to have someone at work that's got to have your back. Yeah. And there was no one else in the office or the studios around at that time anyway. So anyway, we were sort of going through it together, but I was so exhausted that I would pre-record a couple of links and then he would put me on the sofa outside the studio I would sleep for 15 minutes and then come back in and do the next couple and this was going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and eventually I thought there might be a bit of an intervention because there were cameras that I hadn't quite realized it's like having chats with me being like no are you drinking is everything okay in your life like one of the person I was like I'm fucking pregnant dude I'm not an alcoholic (laughs) so you have to you do have to have those people that have really got your backs Yeah. yeah you really do and I you know you hope that people feel that they're able to be a bit more open now and have that sort of conversation but yeah I I'm sure there's you know there's still it's people if you're in a new job for example and then you're worried about whether you're going to get any maternity pay and any of that so people worry about so many different things how did it affect your relationship Lucy the miscarriages I think weird it, it was a lot of pressure because I think well firstly when you're you know you're 
he I think Ben probably felt is it him or is it you know you know you don't really know who why it happened so you start questioning things like that and I think he didn't he didn't like the fact that it it obviously uh, you know it's upsetting and I think just to even to go through it again he was more worried about just trying because he was like look we're fine you know if we don't have kids it's totally fine let's almost you know prepare ourselves for that rather than putting ourselves through it whereas I I obviously really wanted kids and I was and I was kind of fully prepared to you know go through it again and just try as much as we could until it got to the point I didn't think we could anymore but I think it was more I was more willing to try than and I think he would would have been prepared to sort of to stop trying just because yeah. he didn't want to see me suffer I guess yeah okay. did you ever mm. get to a point where you visualized a life without kids like did you ever get to the point where you thought it's just not it's just not going to happen for us I think I always wanted kids and I and I we talked about adopting so I in my head I felt if we couldn't conceive naturally then I would have tried to go down that route um so I never envisaged myself without kids I just thought I would try another route if if we couldn't do it naturally I don't know why it's like I've just always just I think especially once it's in your head yeah you're and then you can't think about anything else can you and you're you know you just think it it feels like you've just got you've got to you've got to do it but I feel incredibly lucky particularly you know having having had those miscarriages and being slightly older I mean you're a geriatric parent when you're like 35 so I was old I was 41 or 40 when I had Ridley yeah of course you are you're a ger- yeah. you're a ger- they call you a geriatric mother don't they I know at 35 that's your sort of medical yeah. term yeah second time round, that was me old Jerry <laughs> yeah but so I feel really lucky you know and and you know I've got a boy and a girl which is you know which is brilliant and that you know I couldn't ask for better better little people better little humans but yeah I feel very lucky we'll be right back after this short break many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Tell us about um, the moment that you found out you were pregnant with your first and, you know, and and how was that? Do you ever kind of revisit that in moments of, you know, one or two glasses of red wine on how special it was? We sometimes do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but you know what? I was worried about it because I'd miscarried. I think I couldn't properly enjoy it until I knew, until we'd got past that first three months. So once we got past the first three months and obviously, and I've wanted to find out the sex, so I didn't leave it as a surprise because I don't like surprises. I just want to be able to plan things. <laughs> um, I think the whole time I was just obsessed with what I was going to call him because I think every day I was just thinking, right, I want a really unusual name, but then they need to be, it, you kept thinking, 
what if they're a businessman? Or what oh, yeah, this is what I do. Because <laughs> you think you've got to have a name that suits both because how do you know what they're going to be? But then I also wanted it to be an unusual name and then I started looking at the most in the most random places and going into McDonald's and drying my hands and then there was an I came out to talk to Ben and I went, look, there's an air, a hand dryer at McDonald's is called Fury, Air Fury. What about Fury? And he was like, oh, my God. God. Stop, <laughs> Lock her up. Lock her up, yeah. Do you know what I feel people do now, and I actually did it to a certain extent, is just give their kids loads of names. So they have, like, a first name and then there's, like, almost – three backups yeah. and they're like oh I'll go like my son Axel then he's got my dad's name so I'm like Axel's like quite a cool name and then Nicholas if he's like a lawyer that's my dad's name <laughs> that's, that is good because then they can they can choose from a suite of names for yeah. Axel's a great name and we nearly called Ridley Axel ah! and, but part okay. of the reason we wanted to is so our, my married name is Lunt so but we it, his name then would have been excellent so it would have sounded like excellent <laughs> I love that though <laughs> and then we kept going then we were like went down another path and we were going what could you call it like noncha nonchalant and I, was like, I was just thinking poor child marvel marvelant yeah. no that's yes. not right is it yeah <laughs> sort of I nearly um I met a cab driver when I was pregnant and obviously everyone talks to you about names and sort of and the taxi driver said that his son who was called Adam had a middle name danger just so that he could say when he was older danger is my middle name yeah <laughs> Except this poor kid was about eight and just thinking, why have you given me dangerous Danger. my middle name? And he was like, you'll, you'll appreciate it when you're an adult, but maybe not when you're, yeah. when you're that old. There's a real trend now to to like match the the siblings. So, for example, like one will be moon and one will be stars oh. or one will be like sunshine and one, one could be midnight. We were doing it and we got this woman on the show last week when we, was, we were doing breakfast and you couldn't, I couldn't help but show my sort of like, horror at the idea of it one of them she was like i really like angel and demon and i was like, you can't do that what's the angel what's the demon <laughs> i couldn't work out whether she was joking or not she wasn't but that's the kind of thing i would have probably said at one point you know like when you're just going mad and just thinking not actually thinking of these people as actual human beings just because you're like oh, that's quite cool yeah that's that. fun yeah <laughs> what about the birth so obviously you said you couldn't fully relax when you were pregnant but yeah, how, how did you prepare for the birth or so, how did it go? So uh, as I got later on in the pregnancy, I I mean, I was really, I was terrified of, the nat- of having a natural birth, but I think a lot of people are. I ate loads of pizza thinking that it, that was fine because pizza would just come out at the same time as the baby. I then realised that what? didn't happen. Because I just thought what do you mean? Loads of weight. I just what, like I a just slice of margarita pops out. Yeah, out right. yeah. I think I just ate loads thinking that the weight yeah. would just come off. In, oh, you know, right, yes. And uh, I literally put on four stone. I looked like a jacket potato. Um, but the birth itself, I went over. So and then they had to induce me, and I was in the hospital for about a week, like watching House of Cards, thinking, "Oh, this is all right." Um, and then it ended up being quite traumatic. So I they suddenly realized I'd like I'd lost blood and my placenta was coming away. They were like whipped me in emergency C-section all a bit. Scary. It was mm. all a bit, you know, I, I'd, I'd started to have contractions by that point. You don't really know what's going on. It just made me realize just how amazing the NHS is. I think it must've been more scary for Ben, but he was, he was very calm. I don't know how he did it, but because he would have seen that there was like everyone going right action stations. We've got yeah. to do this, sign this, do this, da da. And I didn't realise until until afterwards when they come round and check you in the ward that 
you know, and they looked at my sheet and said, oh, you were category one or whatever, which means that they had to, they had to get the baby out in 15 minutes. God. Like, and they cut his head when they, when the, in the C-section because they were obviously in such a hurry. Oh my God. Like, when you think, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh my God, I can't even begin to imagine just what, could have happened so did you get a chance to go back and look at your notes because I think a lot of like lots of people don't even know sometimes what's happened to them until they actually see it I didn't look at them myself no I it was only when the doctor came round and was just sort of checking and sort of he just he literally just sort of said it to me a bit nonchalantly just going oh you were category and I was like was I I don't know just dropping it in what does that mean the best or yeah I know I was just more uh, then oh then I just found the whole thing very stressful around breastfeeding because I could not breastfeed at all. I was looking at all these parents, all the like, all these mums who just managed to get their baby to latch, and the baby was just like drunk on milk, falling asleep, and he was just crying. I don't know if he was traumatized from the from the C section. I don't. That probably is a thing because that must have been pretty traumatic for the baby. But also, you, Lucy, being yeah. traumatized by what yeah. you've been through. Yeah. I mean, that has a massive impact on production of milk, and you know, like if yeah. you're stressed. It's, it's not really, I mean, everyone bangs on about it. it's the most natural thing in the world. But if you're like that, I, mean, I know exactly how that feels. It is a, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I found that more traumatizing than anything else, that whole pressure to, to breastfeed. And then I remember, you know, we were in, he got jaundice because obviously he wasn't taking enough milk. And then um, we gave him, the nurse finally said, look, just give him a bottle. Because I was like, I'm totally fine to give him a bottle. And he was just completely different baby then but I still did a mix afterwards I was like pumping like a cow thinking I had thinking I had to you know try and give him some form of breast milk as well for a little bit what 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 ideas did you have around breastfeeding Mm. before you gave birth what were your what your thoughts about it I just thought it'd be fine you know I didn't really I didn't really I like the idea of of my husband being able to feed the baby as well so I thought oh well I'll give a mix of breastfeeding and bottle that was in my head I wanted to breastfeed because I thought it meant you lost weight quicker <laughs> and, also, <laughs> and also because I quite liked having bigger boobs yeah, yeah. so that was really my reason <laughs> that was the main. do you know what I think that is the reason for so many people like, I really do like I, I well, that because was, you lose that weight was probably my <laughs> only reason to give it a go if I'm completely honest I thought oh yeah because everyone says oh then you you burn however many calories while you're breastfeeding. And I thought, yeah. oh, fantastic. That means I can have a slice of cake every day. Fat Bloody love your honesty, I'll ladies. Up. Like, yeah, <laughs> before you, you had the baby, did you ever sort of picture what sort of parent you would be? I always, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in my head, I was really well-dressed and really calm and the baby was really well-behaved. And in reality, I was just like, looked a mess. <laughs> and, and Ridley would just... And again, I don't know if it was trauma from from the birth, but he would just suddenly have these mad outbursts of crying, like yeah. in the middle of a public place. And so you you know you go and I did NCT for a bit. I didn't really meet my my uh, the you know wonderful mums that some people do. I mean they were nice, but they weren't. I think I was just doing it for the sake of it. Um, and we we'd sort of meet up for coffee or we'd go for lunch, and all of their babies were really like chilled. And then suddenly he would just go. And I'd have to take him out, take him out. So 
I just ended up being really stressed for quite a period of time going, mm. why is he not calm? Why is everyone else's babies calm? Um, but yeah, the the picture of what I thought my parenting life would be like and the reality were quite different. You, you've, talk, you've talked about the, the birth trauma. Have you ever spoken to anybody about that? And do you maybe realise the impact that it did have on you in those first six, 12 months? Do you know what? I haven't actually spoken to anyone about it and it probably would have helped. Um... Again, probably because I think, oh, you know, I'm quite uh, quite practical and think, you know, just get on with things. But there's probably somewhere deep down it probably would have helped me discuss it in some way because I'm mm. sure that that had an impact in how I felt as a parent early yeah. on and how I, you know, you talk about imposter syndrome in the workplace. I felt like that as a parent. So particularly at the beginning because you're more because he was crying and I couldn't breastfeed and so you probably feel like god I should it should click and I should know exactly what I'm doing and you you feel like you should know how to get them to sleep and you should know how to calm them by you just being their mum and that isn't actually the case so I think there was a yeah probably that first six six to eight months I think before I think once he was on solids he was a lot easier and just as he's you know as they start being able to communicate with you in different ways, you know, it, it makes life so much easier. But I think, yeah, at the beginning, I was like, what am I doing? I don't really know what I'm doing. But I, I probably didn't have the headspace to even question why I was thinking that. So was it, was it baby blues? Happy. Was it baby blues or was it more anxiety? How would you how would you describe those those feelings or that emotion? It wasn't, I don't think it was baby blues, but I do look back at that time and just think, fuck, that was a, it was just a head fuck. You know, when you're like, yeah. you, you just think, what was going on? That wasn't me. I didn't really, you know, you're out of control. You, I loved it because I loved, so it, it certainly wasn't, I didn't feel connected. I just felt like I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, you know, I wasn't doing the job in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah, I sometimes think, you know, like when you come out of birth, however that goes, you almost start in a state of anxiety and stress, don't you? Yeah. And it's very hard to kind of come out of that feeling. I like sometimes I look back when I first had Axel and I just remember how like in my chest how I used to feel when I had to be somewhere. You know, like even if it was at like eleven o'clock in the morning, I would just feel in that that state of like anxiety for like weeks almost just became normal to feel Mm. like that and I think it's only when you don't feel like that that you're like oh that was mad like yeah how how did that happen yeah you're so right and I think it's you know now as time's gone on you know I talk about you know I absolutely love hanging out with the kids and they're so I mean obviously they can chat they're four and seven they're these little brilliant funny humans and you look I now look at anyone with a baby and I'm like god I I don't want to go I don't want to go back to that point whereas at the time I didn't realize it was such hard work but compared to what it's like when they start chatting to you and they're their own little little people it's just gets so much better and so much I just I don't know about you but guys but I just wish that I had known a bit more as in I'm not sure like I definitely didn't feel like I was ever going to be a natural mother because it's not something that I had ever thought that I'd be firstly any good at or like I never had that burning desire to be a mum and I really love I love those I love those women that are like you know that's that's I just knew I would just you know like a duck to water so it never felt that easy for me but looking back on it I wish I could go back to it now like if someone chucked me a newborn and was like there you go I would I think I'd relish and enjoy it a bit more because I'd have Mm. I would have been armed with doing it twice before like do you know what I'm saying I just felt a bit in the dark all the time like someone just kept coming in and flicking the light switch off and then I was like what the fuck am I doing no one can prepare you for it and I think 
And maybe no one does because they think they'll put you off. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's the thing. I think no one really, you know, you, it's one of those mad things. And, you know, and that first few weeks when you're not sleeping, you don't, you, you literally don't know what's going on, I don't think. And I remember looking at Ridley when we first brought him back from the hospital and I was like, we've literally got to keep this human alive. Yeah. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's actually, it is. Like you've got a stranger in your house that you have to do everything for. Oh, it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> Bad house guest that keeps shitting yeah. everywhere. But you obviously did it again. <laughs> yeah. Would yeah. you say your experience the second time round was different? Oh, so much different. At first start, I had a, I had a planned, um, like a, a cesarean. So I knew that I wasn't going to go through all of that sort of trauma it was so much calmer. It was, you know, the babies were quite different anyway. Piper's temperament is very different to, to Ridley. She was much more chilled. Um, you know, it was still it was still hard hard work because you forget about the sort of sleepless nights and stuff. And then you've obviously got two and you're trying to navigate them those horrible double buggies and just that. Uh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was so much. It was just. Yeah, and it didn't stress about. I was so flappy as a first-time parent about mm. everything. I saw. I was looking at a video the other day that Ben found on his phone of us with we took Ridley to the hairdressers for the first time, and he kicked off halfway through. I mean, he had half a haircut for 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 quite a period of time because <laughs> he had so, he was like something out of The Exorcist and had to leave. We had to leave the hairdressers. But in the, in the video, we're like going, "Here you are, Ridley. It's okay. Like here's some sweets. Here's this. Like really." faffing around him and and second child you just leave them to their own devices so much more you don't you don't google is my child eating enough are we doing you know you don't you just get on with it don't you and I think they're more children because of it yeah well you kind of can't give them the attention that you gave to the first one anyway because you've got another no. there's, there's it's double trouble but there yeah. is that there we, we we've got three and we there, we there was like five kids in the garden at the weekend and it was like an hour and I was like where's Kit like, just totally forgot about my youngest one. Like, hadn't seen him, didn't know where he was. Like, I knew he was in the house somewhere, but just hadn't checked. You know, like, it, I think as you just go down the ladder, you're a bit more I'm, like, oh, they'll just figure it out. Fingers crossed they're still okay. And they do. Just, That's they the thing, is it miraculously, they're fine without yeah. us worrying so much about them. <laughs> I know, but that is the worry sometimes. When you're at home, obviously it's all right, but I've had so many times when I've been like out for lunch with friends and you've got like a pub garden and, and unless you say to your husband or whoever you're with yeah can you man mark that child like I haven't got my eye on that child yeah <laughs> then you're both like I thought you had them I thought you I thought you were keeping an eye on them and then you're like oh my god marriage over <laughs> I know <laughs> tell us about um because I know we're, we're on I know we've only got you for a short a short more time short amount of time um tell us about your podcast with Keith because that is hysterical so me my me and uh Keith Lemon have got a podcast called Back then when where we go back in time um not very far back in time but back to sort of the noughties or, or the 90s and we pick up a publication may it be heat um, and work out what's been going on at that time so it might we might land in 1997 uh, and if we land in 1997 September for example we might then bump into Emma Bunton from the Spice Girls, but she has to pretend that she is still in 1997. Oh, my God. Yes. get a bit confused, really. But it's funny. So we're just reliving. It's just a bit of nostalgia. So you're kind of reliving what was going on in pop culture, you know, music, TV, and remembering all those kind of funny, mad stories that we were obsessed with in Heat, and then interviewing someone from that time, but they have to pretend they're 
they're in that time. They're still there. Have you interviewed? Have you interviewed Ben as he's just coming out of um, shipwreck yet? (laughs) Why not? He keeps. He keeps keeps asking to be interviewed. I'll be like, well, when we've when we've run out of guests, then maybe we will. (laughs) Oh, can you let me come on? And then can you interview me as I've just come out of playing it straight in two thousand and five? Yes, that's a great idea. I, I want to listen to that. that. I can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah, it is funny because you just forget what's going on. They're like, has this happened yet? Or maybe this has happened yet. <laughs> I mean, we interviewed Kerry Katona, who was such good sport, but obviously she's gone through so much in her life. I We interviewed her when she just, and it was it was the moment when she'd, so she'd won the jungle. I can't remember what year it was, but um, 2004, I think. So she'd come out of, out of I'm a Celebrity, but then... Um, she was just splitting up with Brian McFadden, but she was really funny because I said to her, you know, how do you think you're going to cope with with heartache in the future? And she went, I think I'm just going to turn to drugs and make some really bad decisions, but then I'll be fine. <laughs> then I'll be fine. I mean, she's laughing now. She's got, she's on OnlyFans and making loads of money. Oh my God, is she on OnlyFans? Oh yeah. She's got a Lamborghini for each tit, as she told me, because that's how much money she's making. No way. Yes. Zoe, we need to get on OnlyFans. Well, as, soon as, get my, as soon as I get my norks done at the end of the year, I'm uh, right going to be on I was going to say, maybe you, that could be your niche. There might be some fetishes. Are yeah. you getting your boobs done? Because I I'm getting my boobs done. I have been obsessed with wanting my boobs done for pretty much most of my adult life. Right. This is why I quite liked it when I was pregnant and had, you know, because I like that. But I've always been scared about having my boobs done. And I once went to a hypnotist who told right. me I paid £90 um, because they told me that they could hypnotize me to make my boobs bigger and that the power that my mind that my mind was such a powerful thing that I that my mind could make my boobs bigger <laughs> and I was given a cd called a and it says breast enlargement cd this woman is no longer practicing oh my god she's in prison and the cd <laughs> and I had it in my mini I used to have a mini and when I met Ben he once borrowed my mini to go to the shop <laughs> and it started playing in the car and he was like what the fuck is this it was like and the woman going you're mine is a very powerful thing your breasts are swelling getting bigger and you had to listen to it for 28 days and now I've realised I didn't because nothing happened but I realised obviously you get your period in 28 days so that's probably why so you're you get bigger anyway <laughs> Oh my god! Oh well, my, my god. experience was best. my experience was great, um, and, and like, but it's the first time in nine years that someone's told me to take my a man has told me to take my bra off. So he was like, "Okay, right, just stand there, and take your bra off." So I started going, duh, 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 duh. and he didn't know if I was joking or not. And I was literally like, "I'm so fucking uncomfortable here." Like, imagine if I turned up with nipple tassels. Like, I, then I became really aware that I'd just done some sort of sexy French stripper dance. And then I was like, I don't know where to go from here. And then I was like, anyway, this breast has dropped. And I started speaking in a really high pitch. But anyway, don't do that if you go to your to, to a breast um, uh, consultation. You can just jack it off. Get the CD. Yeah. Or can yours? Can we do buy one, get one free? Then I'll come to yours instead. I'll say, yeah. can you do it? If I bring on a few more people, can we get a discount? 100%. He's up for, he's up for a little deal. So I'll let you know. Mine's yeah, booked in for October. So okay. We're starting a pyra- pyramid selling. Is that what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pyramid selling for Brilliant. tips. Okay. Just to finish off, um, we always like to ask our guests the best piece of advice that they would give a new mum or the piece of advice that you know the best piece of advice they've ever been given so it's less for a new mum but I think my best piece of advice is say sorry to your kids if you've done Mm -hmm. something wrong because then that encourages them to just always say sorry and own (laughs) own up if if they you know because I think and I think you know being that kind of parent who 
who admits if they've, you know, like if I've shouted at some, shouted at one of them and I really shouldn't have because I was stressed because I didn't get them ready in time to go to school and I'm like, why are you not ready? I, you know, I'll always make a point of saying, look, I'm really sorry that I shouted at you then. That was my fault. I should have got, you know, I should have been mm. a bit more organised. And I think that's something that just is important for them to to hear adults saying back to them. So I, I think love that. Like, well, I really like that. Yeah. Love that. Um, and we would love to hear about your diehard products or the brands that you use daily. They can be for the kids. They could be for you. So products that I I was obsessed with when, when they were little, Baby Bjorn was just my sort of godsend for everything for, you know, cots and baby carriers. I just love the quality of all of that. Um, in terms of products, I like um, Aveeno. I just, I just really like Aveeno for, oh, for pretty good. much everything. We yeah. love Aveeno, yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> um, then I'm going to say something, and this is just terrorizing our household at the moment. But using tea tree shampoo, and you tell you why? Because our kids are constantly coming home with nits, nits. head nits. <laughs> oh no. my god! I have never realized how no. much. It's like it's literally every other week, and I'm no. like, and then we just have to just clean the house, and then we're doing it, and I'm just like, if you have tea tree shampoo all the time, that's quite a good one. To use. That's hundred percent no shame in that, Luce. We moved house, and we took the nits with us. <laughs> no joke. Now they fucking were again. I was like, oh you have to. God. We had to like we're like burning cushions in the garden. Yeah. We were like, we'll it's have just... to fucking destroy everything. <laughs> we got to move again. <laughs> we got to move again. And um, why are you moving? Um, the house is infested with nits. <laughs> nits. <laughs> You're just, I'm just like, God, wait, what is no. wrong? Why have they, co- I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's quite, a, I love that. it's constant in our household. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I feel like it's the same across the universe. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and good luck with all you, with your new fancy job. With Rachel. the nits. Good luck with, good luck with the nits as well. Yeah. Bye guys. Good to talk to you. Bye. So anyway, we're both going to go in for our boob jobs at the same time. <laughs> and if anyone else wants to sign up, we're going to put a link in our bio. Zoe will get 20%, Lucy will get 10 And then if, if you refer anyone else, yeah. it will be 5% commission. There Just we go. imagine it. We'll all be on the beach walking around with our identical norks. Amazing. Um, yeah, what a great chat. Lucy's amazing. And um, and I love I love her story with like her love story at the beginning between her and Ben as so well. So funny. The fact that they went to Paris this weekend, if you follow Lucy on Instagram, it was like watching a couple of teenagers go out there and just get drunk. And oh. I feel like we should all be a little bit more Lucy sometimes. Definitely. We, yeah, we definitely shouldn't forget who we were before. There you go. Um, right, as always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe, and please give the podcast a little follow if you have a chance. Yeah, and if you've got any suggestions for guests for these Tuesday episodes, then we're all ears and you can drop us a DM on at Made by Mamas on Instagram. And we'll be back on Friday, or will we, if our little farmhouse trip <laughs> goes well? <laughs> we may or may not be here then. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production, and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.